Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Me and You podcast. I am David Oro. Joining me once again, as always, and as it will always be, Jenna Minig. Jenna, how are you? I love that intro. I mean, you know, when you get three chances to do it. Uh, actually, <laughs> really, it was like the sixth chance because there was a couple times we tried to do it, and I was just like, wait, that sentence doesn't mm, make sense. Yeah, this is true. Um, hi, everyone. Um, as you just said, this is our third time recording this podcast. Five minutes ago, it was our second time, but now it's our third time after um, some technical difficulties and just uh, personal preferences, right? I mean, you know what they say, third time's the charm. And True. That's what we're here to do. We're here to knock it out of the park on the third try. Hopefully. Don't set the standards so high. Listen, all I do is set high standards. Okay. Jenna, since the last podcast, um, I don't really know how much has been going on in either of our lives, mostly because of the quarantine. Mm -hmm. But I mean, what's new? Um, Not much is new. I just started rewatching Gossip Girl. So that's been taking over a large chunk of my life. Um, Other than that, I'm just living life day by day. Getting through these quarantine times. See, now, it because it's your second, well, second week we've talked about it, mm-hmm. but, you know, we've, we've been going on a month now not being able to leave. Are, do you feel like you've adjusted mostly to how it's been, or does it still feel weird? No, I've definitely adjusted. I think that it's just adjusting to being around your family the whole time I think that's the biggest adjustment for everyone and obviously like no one can have their sort of escape yeah that that that's kind of been the thing for me and I think a lot of people that's been so weird is just you know you're you're stuck inside and there's no there's no real escape you can't go and do something you can't go and be like oh I'm gonna go hang out with my friends now it's like no you're gonna have to sit inside and if someone wants you they can easily get you because you can't leave yeah and we haven't seen each other in over two weeks but that's that's okay for us because we've done this before but it just feels different because we don't even have the option of going to see each other I think that's the adjustment for us is, and I'm sure couples everywhere, is, you know, we have kind of gotten used to always being able to find time at some point in our schedules to go and see each other. You know, when I was in LA, you were able to fly out. And I'm sure for a lot of couples, this is kind of a shell shock because you went from maybe seeing somebody every day and being able to see someone every day to now you can maybe see them next month. Yeah, that's crazy. The The uncertainty of it all is what's wild about it. I think that's what I dislike the most about it is like, I don't know the next time I'll be able to see, you know, you. I don't know the next time I'll be able to see my friends. I don't know the next time I'll be able to go sit down in a bar and have a beer which is like not a thing I was doing a lot anyway (laughs) but it's like a thing that you enjoy doing and it's something that you know all the things that we have at our disposal to take stress off of us we no longer have yeah I agree 
I think one of the things for me personally is going grocery shopping. I mean, you can go grocery shopping, obviously, but it's just different because everyone is so hostile in a way and just panicky. And so it takes the um, relaxation out of grocery shopping. It's no longer a stress-free experience. Yeah. Where before, grocery shopping was so much of like, you know, you, you show up, you you know, get the stuff you need. Every now and then there might be one or two things that you want and it's like, ah, oh, they're out of mm-hmm. that. Oh, well, I'll get it next time. Now it's like, oh, you want a toilet paper? Yeah, no, we don't have that. <laughs> yeah, now you like can sometimes make your favorite meal if your store has the recipes or the ingredients. Well, and it's so much now of like, oh, you wanted something? Well, you should have got here when we opened. Yeah, but that's crazy because my mom goes so early in the mornings and, and or she'll go like in the evenings because she wants to see what's better. And either time she can't get toilet paper, Clorox wipes, nothing. My aunt went grocery shopping. I think she said at like 7 a.m. one day and had to wait in line for like an hour and a half just to go in the store. That's crazy. But I'm sure everyone's dealing with this. What's going on in your life? Uh, well, as you know, the listeners do not. Uh, I started a new job this week, which has led me to thinking about two things a lot. One we'll get into in a second, but just it's just such a lifestyle change mm-hmm. for me going from working or, you know, going to bed basically every night at 2.30 in the morning to now being awake and eating breakfast by 2.30 in the morning. Uh, Do you want to tell them what your job is? You don't have to say where it is. Sure. So I uh, load, uh, I don't know how to describe it without talking about the company, so I'll just say it. I work for (laughs) UPS now loading uh, trucks with like packages that go out into neighborhoods. Um, I just so happen to work on the busiest line in the building. And so, you know, there, there's a lot going on there with, with, you know, being in that position. But so far, I like it. And it's teaching me things about myself that I already knew, but it's like more confirmation than anything. Confirmation of, like, you don't want a job that requires a lot of manual labor or confirmation. Well, I've always known that about myself. It, <laughs> I mean, more we all knew that. Confirmation. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a pretty boy. Doesn't like to get his hands dirty. Like, <laughs> I'm aware of this. Um, I think it's more of like like the kind of environments I like to work in, where, you know, I I enjoy the relaxedness of certain environments at certain times but the things i always loved about the things i did in college specifically com radio and the center county report was they were so fast-paced they were so you know have to make quick decisions have to do things on the fly and that's something i like about this job too because when you're doing stuff like that the time really flies and you really enjoy your time while you're doing it at least for me Yeah, I agree. I think fast-paced is something that we both thrive off of, for sure. But it is still nice, you know, have those periods of, like, of downtime, which I don't have right now. Granted, I just started this job. I'm still very much adapting to it and trying to, 
you know, figure out what are best practices and how to do things, you know, the best way I can. But it's definitely been like a crazy adjustment. And, you know, it. like I mentioned last week on the podcast, I'm curious how many people will more seriously consider things like this as real career options, because, you know, something like UPS is some and, you know, there are a bunch of other companies like this, but you don't necessarily need to go to college to do it. And there's a ton of like upward mobility opportunity for yeah, people. I completely agree. Like, I think a lot of people, they just school isn't their thing to no fault of their own. Um, they just want to be working. And I think that's a perfect job for them because you could get so high without going to school. Well, and I, th- I think there are the people who just can't afford college. Oh, of course. Yeah. And working for a company like this, you know, and like, again, a lot of big companies do this, but, you know, they'll give you some sort of tuition reimbursement to go to school. And, you know, you can use some learn something that maybe translates to that company directly or you can learn something new so you can move to a new company and start a career that you've always been interested in starting. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of starting careers, that transitions perfectly into something we've been wanting to talk about, which is what it's like to start a new job. And, you know, this is obviously very pertinent to me, but I think we both have a ton of experience in doing this because of our internship experience. Um, I I don't know, maybe maybe you can start us off just I kind of want to start off with what are the things when you start a new job? Like, the, what's the first thing you're looking to do? It's your first week, maybe your first day. What What is your number one goal in that first week? Oh, okay. So I think I really like to come up with new ideas that will better a company, but because I like to be a leader in what I do. So when you're, when you're, you say, you know, you're coming up with ideas, are these things that you're trying to present within your first week of working or is it things that, you know, over time as you get acclimated, you're going to try and present them? Yeah, it's definitely something I would do over time, but it's something that from the minute I research a company and then interview with them, like I'm thinking about what is something I could do there that could help me stand out. But I don't think it's good to do that when you're only like a week into the company because then you're just... I think you're overstepping at that point. Well, and then I think you run the risk of it feeling disingenuous where mm-hmm. it's like they're just, you know, this person's just using me in this company yeah. to gain something. It's also like kind of saying that the company wasn't good without you when they probably were. They're, mm-hmm. they're just giving you a job now. Yeah, and it, I, I think that is a hard balance for a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. I think even us, it's fitting into a team while also like trying to maintain your individuality. Yeah. I Because... Yeah. Well, just because I think back to a lot of the things I've worked on and in some way or another, I'm a part of a team, but there always comes those moments where, you know, it's all on your shoulders and you have to do something. Like, you know, I, I'm trying to... I don't want to like mention any old jobs or internships Mm -hmm. specifically but there have been so many opportunities where you know I'll be working on something and then when it comes down to like the final stretch of it it's all on me you know somebody might in the end look it over to make sure everything's okay but you know it, it would fall 
to me because it's at the end of the day, it's my project and how Mm -hmm. it turns out reflects back on me as well as whatever, say, organization I'm working with. Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said, working in teams is a huge adjustment for any job because you could be going into a team that's already well established and then you're the new guy and that's uncomfortable, but you also want to do your job and make yourself stand out. I mean, I think you have the most relevant experience there. Like, what would, I mean, I guess I do. I have that experience as well. But what did it feel like for you, you know, when you started your internship, stepping into what is well known as one of the, I would argue, maybe the biggest, uh, second biggest, third biggest, Disney's probably the biggest, but the biggest studios in the entertainment industry? Like, what, what was it like to step into that team and then... Mm-hmm. you know, have have to acclimate yourself to what they do. Yeah, um, I think it was kind of intimidating at first because all of my previous internships were obviously at smaller companies because they're in Pennsylvania. So stepping into this big, huge corporation in itself was intimidating. And I think, like I had told you, the first two or three weeks, I struggled with, like, I guess speaking up, not speaking up, but, you know, like saying, hey, I'm done this work. Can I have more projects to do? So I think that was a huge thing for me. But then once I got used to it, I like I felt more comfortable to talk to people and see if other areas of the company needed help. And I feel like that helped me stand out as an intern. I've always thought that's the hardest part about starting somewhere new is especially when you step into an environment where everybody kind of already knows each other Mm -hmm. is being that person who now has to, you know, for lack of a better word, find their social like aspect within the group of people that already know each other, already interact every day, already for the most part, probably have routines that they, you know, work through. And just trying to find your place within that while also not feeling like you're overstepping into an area that you don't belong. Yeah, and I think as an intern, that's especially hard because, like, you're an intern. Not that an intern doesn't do incredible work. It's just if someone's busy, they're not going to stop what they're doing to show you what to do. Well, even, even more than that for me, like, at the end of the day, when you're an intern, right, your goal is to maybe land a job with that company oh of course yeah you don't want to do anything that potentially jeopardizes that Mm -hmm. and so you know you 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 think about everything when you're an intern like oh how is this going to look with somebody how is this and then as soon as you stop thinking about that stuff you find you like start doing the things that people actually want to see interns doing yeah that's so true it's so true we should have a whole episode about that one time about just internships yeah just like like the interview process because we both have so much experience in that that would be an interesting thing so when like the the thing with like when I look back on my internships is like I was so and this was my fault but I was so all over the place with my internships because I didn't know what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. and I mean, I, I think if you ask me now, I, I still think it's very hard to give you like a very concrete answer on what's David doing in 10 years. 
because I have the things I want to be doing and then the things I feel like I'm most qualified to be doing. Yeah. And there's some overlap there, but there's a lot of like gray area where I just don't know. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I'm not in that boat. My most different internship was in publicity, whereas all the others were in marketing, but they're still all similar to each other. But I relate to the idea of what you're most qualified for versus what you have experience in. And I I think this also lends itself easily back to what we were talking about before about, you know, going to school, not really knowing what you want to do when you go to school. Like, I think that I'm like a perfect example of that. And I think you might be too, of just, you know, I went to school with one dream, like, this is the only thing I want to do. And then as time went on, I was like, oh, well, I don't really want to do that. But like, I'm really good at this thing. and I would really like doing this. Mm -hmm. But I think the big issue for me was the things that I came to weren't necessarily things that I wanted to be doing. They were just things everyone told me I was good at. Yeah. And so, (laughs) like, I did those things because it felt like, you know, you should be doing the things you're good at, but it necessarily wasn't necessarily the things I wanted to be doing. And again, I still might end up doing those things. It's just a matter of finding the right opportunity, which is something I've expressed to you numerous times (laughs) when it came to some very specific jobs that I definitely won't mention. (laughs) No, I completely agree. I think it also goes in line with what company you'd want to be working for because you might be working for your dream company but not like your dream job but it might that could lead you to your dream job and I think that's a thing that a lot of people have a hard time grasping is me specifically (laughs) (laughs) is the first job doesn't have to be the dream job Mm -hmm. the first job just has to be a a job yeah because once you have a job, you have something tangible that you can now sell to somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of how you're selling it, not necessarily what you're selling. Yeah, that's a huge thing for resumes, too. Speaking of, you know, kind of internships and all that, you and I kind of have had a conversation before we started about reconnecting with people and how that's a thing that we might have to be doing now that we're trying to get back into the get back into get into however you want to use it the workforce (laughs) get back into yeah um and you kind of just mentioned you know a little story you had and it made us think about you know the right and wrong way to go about doing it yeah so I think that I'll preface it with I think like it's great to have a network of people connections who you feel comfortable reaching out to to help you in your career down the line but I think there's um, a boundary you know um, what am I thinking of <laughs> are, you, are you saying like like you you need to know the difference between them being a professional connection and them being like a friend that and like you need to know just because someone has the career you want and they're willing to help you can't just be like hi do you have a job for me that's very important I was just going to say there's nothing worse than people who, and I think this is what started all this for us because it kind of happened to you, people who you don't talk to for a while and then come back to you with like their hand open wanting something. Yes, exactly. And I think you and I both know the connections that we've made in the past that we haven't reached out to in years because 
we just didn't we we can't just go back to them and be like hey do you have a job open for me like we'd have to rebuild that connection before we could even think of asking something like that yeah and that's I I think the crazy thing for me is always when someone reaches out to me who's like you know someone I had a relationship with before and they're the ones looking to like reconnect for that reason it's like hey I I saw this opportunity I think you'd be great for it Mm -hmm. and it like wasn't me who had to initiate because to me most of my connections to me at least it feels like the way they should be used is I connect with them I find opportunities and then I talk to them about that opportunity I don't come like hey do you have a job no totally you have to go and do the homework yourself you need to find the job apply for the job, understand why you're qualified for the job, and then sell yourself. But you can't just do that, um, like, in a very ungenuine way. And I I think the other thing I was going to say was just that that's just, like, a general lesson of, like, life. (laughs) Like, (laughs) if if you're not putting in the effort into something, you're not going to get back out of it the things you're hoping to get out of it. Totally. And I think specifically in jobs, there are there's exceptions to that rule because there are just people who, you know, they they come from a network of people to begin with or they have a lot already. And so they kind of fall into things. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like somebody in their life was putting in the effort in order for them to be able to do that. And they're not always going to be able to coast on that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I, I just think it's so interesting, specifically at our age, we've had at this point, and it's something I think about with like our, our parents, I'll, I'll use our, like our parents as an example, and mm-hmm. then I'll like work our way down at their age, right? The, how many people when they were 18, do they still have contact with? I don't even know. Probably not many. Yeah. Just like friends, best friends. Where, where we're still so close to that age, it's that complicated balance of like who that we were friends with when we were in high school and now college are actually people who are like sticking around like long term and who are the people who like were just a part of a moment and aren't mm-hmm. going to be there forever. That's a really interesting conversation um, because I always think that it's the person that you can just start up a conversation with like nothing ever happened but I also fall on that because I'm not the person that's reaching out to these people you know what I mean like I'm not I'm not that person who if someone stops talking to me a year ago I'm like okay then I'm just we're done talking to each other I'm not like the one to reach out and make that first move always you're not the one to initiate yeah because if it just happened randomly or like I would assume that we fell out of touch and we weren't meant to be friends. Yeah. And I I think I'm kind of the opposite. Well, I guess it depends. So like an example I would have is like when I was in high school, you know, you had those friends who you thought, Oh, we're going to be friends. Like you kind of, at least I did this. I kind of like projected when I was in high school of like, who are the people I think I'm still going to be friends with Mm -hmm. when college is over and beyond. And 
like you know some of those people i thought we were going to be friends longer than we were but it just so happy you know we went to college we came back we tried to hang out and it was like yeah like this isn't the same anymore like we're different people yeah i mean i think that goes for probably 90 percent of the people you meet in high school um i think that college kind of might be the place that you make lifelong friends although for you it was a different story i just think that actually i don't know how true that is i guess it's both high school and college yeah i mean i mean just using me as the example i have what i would consider to be a group of friends from both that i expect to be people i'm friends with well beyond what college was or what Mm -hmm. high school was yeah but I just I think I said college is the place that you meet lifelong friends because I think college is the place where you go through the most like real struggles like personally and then career-wise and if you have a friend that sticks with you through all of that then they're probably a lifelong friend I think you do the most and I think this is what you're saying you do the most personal growth when you're in in college and yeah. so that's what that leads to jenna with, with that deep conversation yeah basically all but you have, you have any last thoughts on it before we move on nope i think it's something that we'll probably revisit in the future i think it's kind of impossible that we don't just yeah. because we'll probably so have a lengthier of, conversation on it in the future to be honest well, yeah, it's just, you know, so much of our lives will end up probably being reconnecting with people and, you know, what that is like, whether that be job related or friend related. Yeah. So I, there's just a lot of opportunity to talk about it. But I would like to now talk about uh, something I've been doing slightly more than I used to be doing and call you out on the podcast for something. Mm, okay. Um, so I've been cooking slightly more. Slightly Um, more. Slightly. (laughs) Does that mean heating up something in the microwave? Uh, no. (laughs) That means, you know, some Beyond Meat tacos. That means, uh, so the reason I'm bringing it up is I, for the first time in my life, basically, I don't know another way to describe this, like made something from scratch where all I had were the ingredients and then like I ended up with something. Because you know how like... So I made, all right, we got to run through this again. Okay. Gnocchi? Uh, yeah, but kind of give it more gnocchi. I think that's how the you say it. Gnocchi. Gnocchi. So, so that's how I'm going to say it. We're, gnocchi, <laughs> I made gnocchi per your, you know, tutelage. You were teaching me. My what? Tutelage. <laughs> Is, I'd have never heard that word before. Oh, that's definitely a word. Uh, I see your dog is trying to make an appearance on the podcast. Oh, yeah. This uh, this visual podcast. <laughs> hey, I can hear him. Don't worry. Oh, about it. you can hear him? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I could. Um, but anyway, back to the the cooking. Uh, I, I, so I like made this per your suggestion. You had said it was easy. It's very easy. It was not easy. I think anyone listening who has made this before will agree. It's easy. I, there was something about it that I found very difficult. And although the end product was really good, I I just had like a very hard time, you know, like 
there it was just difficult you know and like when it was done like it looked weird but it tasted good um okay so i think well for anyone listening who doesn't know god bless you thank you i was trying to make it so you couldn't hear me but wow (laughs) definitely could hear you (laughs) um for anyone listening who doesn't know uh the recipe for this is very simple it's some potatoes some flour and some eggs and then you roll it out and then you boil it and you have you have gnocchi oh my gosh i almost just tripped on saying that um So it's a very simple recipe, but I think the hardest part, and I'll back you up on this, is rolling it out. That's the most time-consuming part, Charlie. That's the most time-consuming part, is to roll it out and then wait for it. I, I just think, I think for someone like me who doesn't cook very often, I just think projects like that can be difficult for me in a way that I don't intend them to be where it's like you know it it on its surface is really easy but once you start doing it every little thing becomes complicated even if it's not so are you telling me that you've never made homemade cookies but those are easy if you think that's easy then how do you not think that this recipe was easy was yeah how do you not think that it was easy I don't, it's not that it was hard. It's just like like you and I kind of went over. Like I mess something up, and like once you mess up one thing, you feel like you're messing up everything. It's very difficult to mess this up. Well, yeah, I, I know that now because <laughs> it's done. But like that that was like a a thing. I think that's just like a general thing for me. Like if I mess something up once or mess up a part of something. I'm just so laser focused on never messing that thing up again. And it, it, it's honestly like it's to a fault sometimes mm-hmm. where it's like I'm, I'm, I just become too laser focused on one little thing and maybe other things will start to slack because of it. I think that's something that is a flaw for you when it comes to cooking is that you, when you're cooking, everything needs to be exact. And, like, that's great if you're baking, but when you're cooking, if you want to add in a little extra spice, a little extra pizzazz here and there, then do it. Like, cooking is about making it your own, your own flavor. And I, I just think that's the thing that is hard for me, is, like, so much of it is going off of other things, you know, other people's recipes. And so, it it's not necessarily mine, Mm-hmm. Where, you know, like, just an example, like, my dad makes rice. Like, the rice he makes, yeah, it's based on something, but it's how he makes it. Exactly, which is the beauty of cooking, which I think that's why you don't like cooking that much. Well, I like, as much as I can do well in chaos, and this kind of goes back to, again, something we were talking about earlier in the podcast, mm-hmm. but as much as I can, I can do well in chaotic situations... I also really like structure. Interesting. And like a, a clear, I don't know if clear path is the right word, but, you know, a, an idea of, all right, if I do this, 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 and this, the results will be this. They should have been. 
<laughs> it, they should have been, and I, I definitely messed something up. Um, but you know, you live and you learn. You I'm live and you learn. Try and do better next time. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I can continue to improve uh, on my cooking abilities. I'll try and keep both you and the podcast updated on my cooking adventures because I'm that person who, when they cook, things can go terribly wrong very quickly. Oh, same. I like multitasking is what cooking is all about and I'm so bad at that like my mom is so good at that she'll have like something in the oven and then something on one stove burner and then the other stove burner and in the microwave and I don't understand all while she's setting the table I don't understand how she does that but I think focusing on one recipe at a time is something you can do imagine I'm happy you mentioned that because just like now imagine your mom doing that right but also dealing with three children. Yeah, I don't know how she did it. Um, there's a funny story <laughs> that I'll expose her for right now. Um, one time when Ashley and I were little, we were just like bothering my mom for something and she was cutting up strawberries, but she was also on the phone. And we just kept nagging her. We just needed her attention. So she turns around with the knife in her hand with like the red from the strawberries all over it. And we were like so scared. She didn't mean to do it in like an aggressive way. She was just like, what do you want? And the knife was in her hand and we never let her live that down. I mean, you shouldn't. (laughs) I... I feel like I don't have a lot of stories like that. Most of my stories from like when I was a kid involve like me and my brothers, not necessarily like me. I mean, like the only stories I have, like I can think of in, that involve like my parents doing stuff like that are like where I did something like that was just so drawling to them. Oh my gosh. Like I just the one that came to my mind when you said that was like one time my mom was like had fallen asleep while like we were like playing with toys or something because you know she was like exhausted she was taking care of a a toddler and you know also I don't know if she was working at this time or not but she might have been um and so she had fallen asleep and I had this little toy like Buzz Lightyear remote control car and I was like trying to wake her up and I know now my mom is just like me. It's like you wake her up once and then it's like back to sleep. You try again, back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so I, in my infinite youth and wisdom, took the car and put it on her head because I wanted to drive it off. Wow. Genius. And it, instead it tangled her hair all up inside the wheels. Oh my gosh. Did you have to cut it out? I think she was able to pull it out, but like... It was not a pretty scene. And your mom had such long hair when she was younger, didn't she? It was, like, long and curly. Oh, no. <laughs> and so it was uh, it was rough. It was a rough scene. I would have made you stay in your bedroom for the whole night. I, I don't know if this was you, and I'm actually curious, like, how abnormal this is, but, like, I didn't really get grounded or anything like that as a kid. No. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't. My sisters did, but I was the favorite. Still am. No, but I mean, like, that's not a thing my parents ever really did. Oh. Um. Uh. Do you mean when you're really young or, like, high school? I mean, I was putting, like, time out and stuff, but, like, I never was, like, it was never. And this this changed with my younger brother, 
but like for me it was never really like a all right, we're taking away the the GameCube for a week. Oh no, same. Or like go to your like you have to go to your room. You're grounded for the the day. Well, my parents would say go to your room, but it wouldn't be like you're grounded. You can't come out for the rest of the day. It was like go to your room, calm yourself down, and then we'll reconvene. I don't think go to your room would have been a great threat for me because like all right i'll go to my room where star wars is <laughs> where all of my toys are <laughs> yeah i used to have my closet at my old house it was like i had the toy box that was right in the closet mm-hmm. and i remember i would just sit in front of that closet for hours playing with these toys creating these like you know fake scenarios oh my gosh all while i'd watch like ed ed and eddie and like tom and jerry tom and jerry was my go-to as a kid really Oh, I love Tom and Jerry. That's so interesting. Looney Tunes? Yeah, I wasn't a big cartoon gal. What were you watching? When I was a kid, oh, well, I watched Dora when I was young and the Wiggles. um, And then when I got a little bit older, it was like Hannah Montana, Wizards of Waverly Place, iCarly, all that good stuff. Yo, iCarly was my jam. Drake and Josh. That little era of my life was probably like the peak of my existence. (laughs) <laughs> you peaked For now. when you were 12. <laughs> <laughs> Watching iCarly, Victorious. <laughs> Completely unrelated, but I thought about it while we were talking about that. Um, at one point, I, again, don't know what made me think of this, but at one point I had a YouTube channel in which my name was Fedora the Explorer. Stop. No. <laughs> I swear. I, I couldn't make that up if I tried. Oh, man. I'm going to look it up. Is it deleted? Oh, it's gone. Uh, it's long gone. What did gone. you post on there? Uh, so, again, another interesting peek into my life. I think you kind of know about this, but I've never fully talked about it. I used to make video game YouTube videos. And I was a part of this little community of people. Um, we all kind of, like, became close because of, because of it. And a few of us still talk. Um, where, you know, we would record, say, like, an NBA 2K video. And then you do, like, play-by-play over it. And, like, that was where, like, I was doing it because that's what I wanted to do as a career. And it struck me as good practice. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, they were doing it, you know, because it was just, like, a fun hobby of theirs. Um, I remember I had my most, the most views a video I ever got was, like, I got, like, a thousand views or something. And that was, like, a huge deal to me. I had a couple hundred subscribers. I was pretty (laughs) popping. We'll never get a thousand listeners on this. (laughs) Oh, we, we will. Don't, don't, never oh, say yeah. never. You're right. We got to manifest it. Jenna, we're, we're coming up to the end. Wait, did you just call me Jana? No, I said Jenna. Oh, I think you delayed. <laughs> oh. And so it I, sounded like Jana and I was, I was confused. I, I appreciate whenever you think I said your name wrong <laughs> because it's always funny to me. You do from time to time. No, I don't. Yeah, you're right. All right, Gina, relax. Uh, (laughs) Let's get into the final segment here before we get going. Uh, The recommends. Mm -hmm. Uh, You mentioned this is our third time recording. I'm actually going to do a different recommendation than I did the first time. But we need to talk about first our recommendations last week. And we'll start with yours. Uh, Jog everyone's memory. What was your recommendation last week? Um, To put it briefly, it was to get outside, get some movement in, enjoy the nice weather. That's basically it. You know, go for a walk. The weather didn't end up being that great, for the record. I think, like, the beginning of this week was nice. 
Oh no, I thought the beginning of the week sucked. Oh wait, it no. Really... I think like Monday through Wednesday was fine, right? Yes. Yeah. No, no, it was like Tuesday, but oh, yeah, okay. same, same idea. <laughs> um, did you accomplish your own recommendation? I did. I did accomplish yeah. it. I gotta be honest. I failed miserably. I definitely did walk my dog. Like I, I definitely got the three walks in that you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. But, but like I wanted to like work out. Yeah, we had challenged each other to running three times throughout the week outside. Yeah, and that just didn't happen. I, I just was woefully underprepared for that. But I need to hold myself accountable and still do it next week, even though I didn't do it this week. You know, it's okay. I'll give you a pass because you started a new job. See, uh, I'm I'm forgiving and I am understanding of why oh. you're unable to accomplish that. Jenna, speaking of which, did you do my recommendation last week, which was to listen to one song. Uh, it was called Memphis by AG Club. Um, listen, I, like yourself, was very busy this week. Um, you know, I'm still in school, finishing up classes. So unfortunately, no, I did not listen mm. to your song. Mm, so what you're saying is two about <laughs> just under three minutes was slightly too busy a for little, you. Yeah, a little too much. I did listen to the whole Strokes album, which came out after you recommended that, but still. <laughs> I am halfway through the Strokes album, and we will definitely talk about that once I finally finish it. Okay. Uh, maybe not on the podcast, but we're definitely going to talk about it. <laughs> um, I still would like you to listen to that song if you can. All right. And... Uh, let's just get into the, the recommends for this week. What would be your recommend for this week? My recommendation for this week is to go online, go to one of your favorite online stores, and just shop around. You don't have to buy anything, but I've been doing that pretty much every single day of quarantine because you can't go to a real store. And I don't know, it's just so much fun. Like, I'll put a bunch of clothes in my cart that, like, I could see myself wearing this summer, but I don't buy them because I don't know if we'll be able to go out this summer. But it, I don't know. It's just fun, like, looking at things that you don't really need, but you want. So, yeah. I like this advice just because I did this yesterday, <laughs> and it was, like, cathartic in a way. Isn't it? You could spend hours online just shopping around. You don't have to buy a thing. I still have both tabs open of like things I still want to look at. I bookmarked a bunch of stuff because then I can like go back to it later and be like, oh, do I want this? Exactly. And maybe get it you, if I want it. You got to give yourself some time to decide if you need the thing. <laughs> so my recommendation coincides directly with the job I just started. Okay. And I, I guess kind of with this too, we, of course, are a podcast. Mm -hmm. And my recommendation this week is to find a new podcast this week find something Ooh. you love listen to a new podcast um, i have recommendations for people if they're interested uh they're under some hot water right now because they're reporting on another story but i'm a huge fan of the new york times um and their episode the daily their show the daily i think is just really good journalism at mm -hmm. its core um if you love music all songs considered from npr is a godsend they do new albums every week they play snippets so you can really like get a taste of what you like um if you just want to laugh for a little bit and don't mind a lot of profanity <laughs> and 
weird talk. I think you know where this is going. I, do. I have two podcasts for this recommendation. Uh, we got the Bodega Boys from Jesus and Mero, which if you're not watching their show, watch their show. What are you it's doing? hilarious. <laughs> um, and the other is Views from David Dobrik and Jason Nash. And then lastly, another recommendation. If you like this podcast specifically, you have to be listening to We Bought a House from Phineas and I don't know Claudia. how to say her last name. Claudia. Claudia. Saluski, I'm pretty sure. Saluski? Yeah. I would argue that on some levels that podcast was in we wanted to do a podcast already, but we heard that one and we're like, "Oh wow, like there are things here they do really well that like we should like they 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 just have a really good podcast mm-hmm. and I highly recommend it." Yeah. Um if they ever hear this, I would love to hashtag collab. <gasps> That'd be so cool. Have you been watching her for like years? Yeah, she's been like one of my favorite, if not my favorite YouTuber since I think she started making videos when she was 13 and I'm younger than her. So I picked up on that because on their newest podcast, she said she's been making videos for 10 years. and I think she's 24. Yeah, she is. So she's like an OG influencer. Yeah. And I started watching her when like that era started. So 10 years ago. That's crazy. So your recommendation was to just online shop, you know, take some stress off yourself. You don't have to buy anything. Because everyone's struggling. I know no one has money right now. (laughs) Not our age, at least. (laughs) Relatable. (laughs) And then mine is just find a new podcast. Mm -hmm. Find something you love. I gave you some recommendations. Oh, I have a recommendation for a podcast as well. Um, Go ahead. The Morning Toast is a great podcast if you like pop culture. I would agree. I I think they're also an entertaining. They have just really good chemistry. Yeah, I mean, they're sisters, so. Exactly. Definitely. Well, I think that... We'll do it for this edition of the Me and You podcast. Wow. Jenna, do you have any parting shots? I'll be completely honest. I forgot what our podcast name was for one second there. I don't know why I tripped over it. I knew what it was. I think I was just thinking about it too much. I second guessed it when you tripped over it. So I was like, wait. <laughs> remember I remember the one time we started recording, I called it the You and Me podcast. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> but... Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Me and You podcast. Reminder that if you can, stay home as much as possible, wash your hands as frequently as possible, and just do some of the things we said. Stay home, enjoy yourself, and we'll catch you back here next week. Bye.